<laughs> what a start! We've just come straight in with a cough. This is, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're starting. It's all, it's all happening. Uh, this is episode eighteen of Two Minutes for Chatting, um, and we've given you another unique introduction there. Uh, we'll as, get that anywhere else. As we always do. Um, and some professionals ever. Yep, absolutely. But uh, as fun as ever. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. So we've got some. Quite exciting, I would have to say, clan news this, this uh, episode. Um, a lot of stuff to cover as well in the league. We'll just pick out uh, the, the notable um, comings and goings and any other news. Um, and then cover a sort of overview of World Cup group stages and what's happened so far in the knockout. Yep, <coughs> sounds, a, sounds a good plan. Um. So, straight in with the clan stuff, the first uh, signing that I think we we hadn't covered yet was that of Rasmus Bierum, would that be right? Yeah, I think that's right. I'm glad you said that because I wasn't sure how to pronounce his, his surname, but yeah. I'm just guessing, but it sounds, sounds as I good as... It sounded pretty spot on. Um, maybe we can get him on and he can come and correct me or something, but... <laughs> Uh, we'll stick with that just now. So he's the, the first Danish player, I think, to pull on a clan jersey, as far as I'm aware. Um, 26-year-old, uh, so still fairly young, and we've signed him from Odense Bulldogs in Denmark, where he's played for the last five seasons or something. Um, kind of, from what we've seen in terms of videos and things like that, looks like quite a skillful guy. I don't know about hopefully high hopes from for this guy. I don't know at all, I'm just going off <laughs> instinct, no. basically. Yeah. No, no, it, it's difficult, obviously, but most of these guys that are coming in, you've never seen them play, but... Uh, no, I mean, he's, he's been there, it's like, Denmark's a, a decent standard of league, so... Um, obviously played in the same team in the last five seasons, so he's obviously grown in that time uh, being there, so I think this is his his first time sort of out of Denmark, so he's wanting to try and make his mark elsewhere in Europe. So um no I think it's a I think it's a, an interesting signing and uh hopefully he'll, he'll slot in. I'm not sure where he'll play though. I'm not sure if he'll be a uh, possibly a sec possibly second line or uh, maybe even third line. Yeah. yeah, it's hard it's hard to know. I mean probably at one point once we've got all the players we'll kind of piece together what we think might be potential lineups and stuff but um, yeah. and you, you're just uh, kind of trying to work out what kind of player he is and who he'll fit in with whoever that we've already got um, I don't know yeah a sort of skilled guy maybe depends if he's like a, a playmaker will he be the guy that sets up Pitt who'll probably be first line maybe not um, but then if he's one of these guys that makes a big impact you know like a Hammond did who yeah. came in with not so much expectation and then straight away got a partnership going with some other guys then you never know but uh, yeah good to get a, a wee Dane on board yeah definitely um, his brother his brother plays I think his dad played as well his dad was uh, Lars Bjarnum 
just try to think. I'm trying to look quickly where he played. That was just in Denmark. Right. But it's still, it's obviously in, in the family. That's I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just this that stands in good stead, really. If it's um, you know, if the, if the whole family are playing. Yeah, yeah, and as you said, it's it's a good standard there. So, um, if you're if you're getting uh, anything like the sort of production he had last year, you know, ten or more goals and maybe twenty odd assists, I think uh, that would be fairly good return. But we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Um, next player was, uh, I guess, one that we later found out was to come in to replace the role of Jordan Boesa and that was uh, young 18 year old Englishman Mac Howlett um, who I'll admit I've, I'd never heard of I, I think most fans are probably the same um, comes from playing in Finland uh, so a bit out of left field but another kind of exciting one who uh, you never know what, what he's going to bring. No, exactly. That's that. And you know, he has he has spent a couple of, a couple of years um, abroad now and uh, playing under under eighteens and um, for for a fairly decent team, I would say, um, in Finland. So he's obviously got some good potential there. Um, although his numbers have haven't really been great, but I mean. I take it you've seen that video that was kind of going, going about of him training. Yeah. So he, he definitely from that, just even looking at that, he looks really quick and really sharp. Yeah. Uh, tons of energy and stuff. So, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I would like, like to see that a guy given a chance, um, and maybe maybe he'll kind of surprises you. Not been short of good technical coaching and stuff in Finland so again quite an exciting one those two uh, together yep um, then we had a, a bit of a uh, a rivalry move you could say <laughs> with uh, another Fife to Brayhead well I say another but you had Brendan Brooks who's gone both ways the last couple of years but uh, Liam Healis makes a move over from Fife and this was a guy who I think most Fife fans would have liked to to see back next year um, although you do start to see comments about uh, I wouldn't have minded, I don't mind that he's not coming back sort of thing but um, I think before the news came out maybe one of those guys would like to see back uh, but obviously offered a good deal and a uni place and stuff here so yeah no, definitely. Um, I think most Fife fans, I think, would probably have liked to have seen that sort of core of their forwards coming back. Um, obviously, like Shane Stockton and, uh, and Gautier and LeBlanc and stuff, but uh, obviously Helis is well involved in that. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just one of these things that you see all the time. Um it's not really well. It's not really a, a loyal thing as much. It's just you know these these guys are coming over and it's it's difficult for them to sort of get paid well and and play ice hockey, which obviously they love. So it's um, 
it's a, a case I needs must most of the time I would say but I'm, I'm delighted to have him at Brayhead I think he'll I think he'll be really good for us I think so yeah um, he was a guy who kind of didn't you know light up the imagination of Fife fans I don't think when he was announced given that he didn't play the season before last um, yeah but they obviously did their recruitment and um, you know it it's one of those guys who's adapted well to league and um, when I remember seeing him against us particularly uh, he was an annoying guy very <laughs> annoying guy but uh, a lot of skill um, and I think he got something like 10 points against us um, over the, the 8 games or whatever so. Is that right? Jeez. I think something like that 17 goals and 44 assists for that famous number 61 points <laughs> last season. Um, that's, do you think that's why they signed him? Maybe it is, yeah. There's always got to be some connection. Uh, 44 assists, though, that is, that is incredible. Like, for for any player, really. Um, to get that, so it's kind of average in one a game. So. Yeah. As, long as, it's, uh, as long as he's setting up Mr... Um, Pitt or uh, another uh, forward that we managed to sign that we'll get onto probably yeah of course uh, a centre positionally so um, what they'll do in terms of is he going to be playing with Pitt or not for example I'm not sure Um, but yeah again if if he returns those numbers I think most people will be quite happy but seemingly a, a good team player and does a lot of stuff for the team as well off off the ice, so I think quite a quite a popular signing with the fans that one. Um it'd be good to see him. Interesting how, how he's received by five fans, I'd imagine not very well, but um, <laughs> yeah. What's new there? That's true. And then really it was the it was the big one, you could say, that came uh, last week wasn't it Friday maybe it was announced as the return of number 26 and I'd, I'd said to you when I read that initially I'd somehow forgotten about Becca and thought that with all due respect Tristan Harper was coming back and then I wondered <laughs> what, yeah. what was going on really the way they did it but then of course Mr Becca Matthew Becca number 26 from the season before last uh, what what a signing that is! Yeah, uh, unbelievable, totally unexpected. Um, I think we'd kind of batted back and forward a couple of a couple of rumours that we'd that we'd seen. Uh, so like totally unexpected, wasn't expecting wasn't expecting it to be my back at all. Um, so by all accounts, it was a a job well done by Pete Russell and. And the team to, to manage to get him back, obviously with um, a lot of other clubs that seem to be in for him. Yeah, I mean, that's it's fair play to be able to get both Pitt and Becca back. I wonder how much influence uh, kind of knowing the other one would be playing with yeah, Pan yeah. that it was in the signing. Um, who knows, maybe if there's any more sort of PR stuff that comes out we'll find out but um, yeah I mean you look, you look at his numbers I remember 
playing with Pitt and Hammond. Uh, I guess we'll come on to Hammond briefly later, but uh, 27 goals and 48 assists for us for 75 points. And then he, he matched that last year, a slightly different way around, fewer goals, but 51 assists um, in, in Manchester. And that's proven points in this league. And we know he, he'll do well at, at Brayhead, I think it's. Uh, unless there's some other extraterrestrial circumstance, um, he's a guy that is going to score his points. Yeah, definitely. Um, goes without saying. I mean, you only need to look at his his CV to see that he can he can rack up points uh, anywhere he goes. Um, and obviously, the last two seasons have uh, stood out. Obviously, playing in the league, but. Um, getting seventy five points in in both seasons is just an incredible achievement, really. Um, so I'm no, I'm I'm just delighted to have somebody like that um, to to come in, obviously with Pitt as well. Um, and it was definitely, I mean, you only need to to look at last year's roster to to know that we were missing somebody like that, somebody they could just stick the puck in the net. Um, so I, no, I'm just completely over them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's the knowledge that he can play well for us and will probably play with Pitt. Um, and that's a, that's a deadly combination. When they got together, it was superb. You always thought something was going to happen, I remember, um, with Hammond as well. Uh so yeah, smash and sign. We're looking forward to that one. Absolutely. Um, and with those uh, incomings, there were a, f- a few announced as as leaving the club. Firstly, uh, Cameron Burt. I think I might miss a couple out here, but just fire in if there's not. But Cameron Burt was announced as as not coming back, and in a way that's. Uh, Quite disappointing because certainly towards the end of the season he was a bit of a fan's favourite. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously moving to MAC Budapest to where playing uh, one of the pre-season friendlies. So yeah, he's um, not really leaving then. <laughs> no, um, no, but it'll be good to obviously see him back, um, albeit with a different club, but. Um, no, again, it was just kind of. I think that I think the team at the start of the season was absolutely rank. So, um, from that point of view, uh, you know, I don't. I don't think had changes that had been made at the start of the season last year. I don't think it would have been disappointed to see him go. But obviously, as the the seasons progressed, then he's he's just improved so much over the course of the season, uh, and it is a bit. Disappointing not to get him back, but um, I don't know. I've, I've I've got faith now. I think in Pete Russell to get the right guys in. Yeah, yeah. No, I I do. I think you're absolutely spot on there. Um, he probably struggled to adapt, maybe slightly to. You could say I don't know if it's the speed, but certainly the physical nature of the league at the start. Um. You know, he was 
the guy who seemed to take most of the criticism for misplaced passes and errors that led to goals, but um, yeah. he clearly was one of those guys who had a, the sight for a pass and uh, was always thinking one step ahead, which is not that common for a defenceman. Um, so those are aspects that we'll want to replace, that kind of playmaking aspect. But I think defensively, um, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the go-to guy defensively. So yeah, um, we'll be looking to improve on that. And it's just, can we find somebody who, who's got that uh, offensive upside? I, I don't think we'll get someone in who's quite as much of a forward in disguise as he was, but uh, certainly need something. A kind of somewhere in between, perhaps a Scott Arson type. Well, we'll need to we'll need to wait and see about that one. Yes, well, exactly. Kind of dropping that one in there. I don't know <laughs> if we'll actually sign him, but that kind of guy, I think, who's more defensively minded, but still plays, gives you something yep. going forward. Because Burt was quite often a power play guy as well. And we've not. I wouldn't say we've signed that player yet. Um, Stannis has got it a wee bit, but not not quite the same. Um, so it's a gap to fill. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree as well. I just think like sometimes when he was when he was on the puck last year, it was just as if nobody was going to take it off him. And he was just kind of uh, shifting past players, and it just seemed effortless at times. Um, so yeah, you're missing that. Or you're going to miss that sort of offensive side, but again, like you've said, so uh, defensively, I feel like um, that part of his game was maybe lacking a wee bit. Um, overall, I think uh, obviously there was there was games where he was he was good defensively, and other games he wasn't. But uh, I think on the whole, I think you're probably looking for another another type of player like that, but. Um, with um, better defensive upsides. Yeah, I think he was just unlucky as well because the team, as we've said, were not great. But um, yeah, in a in a team where you've got a kind of more solid defence, then guys like that are able to do their job um, and play with more freedom. So it's not not completely down to the player, I don't think. Um, so yeah, good to see him back for one game. Hi. <laughs> um, then it was the departure of two youngsters was announced. Firstly, a guy who played a bit more of a part last year, Jordan Buesa. Um And I think the announcements that we talked about before uh, with Musil and Howlett coming in, it kind of gave you the impression that Buesa probably wasn't coming back and that uh, turned out to be the case. But he was always one that you wanted to see how how he would develop. Yeah, I know, it was a bit, I don't know, it was a bit of a weird one. I, I felt like um, he could probably have done another year, uh, another year with, with the clan to kind of help kind of progress him a bit further, I think. Um, obviously, he was missing that, missing that goal that he never 
he never got despite how many times the announcer wanted to give him it. But, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I felt like that was that was probably the only thing that he was missing from his game. Uh, I think had he had he got that goal, I think he would have maybe settled down a wee bit more and kind of maybe enjoyed it a wee bit more. But uh, nah, I mean I don't know. It is what it is. At the end of the day, we don't know where he's going, so it's um, still to be determined. That. Yeah, if it is in the league, then I like to see how he gets on. Maybe it'll turn out to be uh, even more effective in another team, uh, and it'll come back to bite us. But who mm. knows? Um, but good luck to him, because I thought he uh, was always that guy that gave hundred percent and stuff when you saw him, and um, definitely going to turn into a good, a good player. Certainly by league standards, if not. Higher. Yeah, definitely. Um, totally agree with whatever you said there. Oh, thanks very much. Totally um, agree. And uh, finally, Josh Greveson. Um, and probably not quite as much to say about him. Just uh, he he wasn't in the lineup as much. Played a a bit more at the start of the season, but then was used. I think probably more in Solway, and that's. Where he's gone to, I believe, um, yeah, showed some potential, and uh, I think played with Dundee the year before at times, but never, never really seemed settled, and uh, it's hard for me to say not quite at this level because I don't really know, but um, <clears throat> just one of those things. I know it's difficult to sort of say much about him. I haven't seen so little of him. But, uh, I'm not sure. He's obviously. I think he's. I think he's decided to um, to take his career, not his career, his. Uh, <laughs> that always gets in yeah. that line. Always gets in every episode somehow. <laughs> yeah. If if it's not, and then something's gone wrong somewhere. It's not as it's recorded. Yeah. Um, no, nah, he's. I think he's. He's want to go down a more academic route. Uh, I think that's probably a. It's probably a, a sensible decision. I think. Um, as you say, it's it's difficult to, to kind of determine, but you do feel like he wasn't just. He wasn't quite at that level. At, um, the other Brits were last season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, just. On the Brits we've got now, I'm kind of quite excited because they're two guys who we've not seen before um, coming from outside the league. So uh, I think they'll definitely get a chance, um, especially if he's kind of handpicked them from uh, their respective teams. So, um, yeah, a lot of good signs in terms of the team that we're building so far. It's, I'd say it's slightly exceeding expectations almost just because of all the, the talk that you hear about budget and stuff and mm-hmm. I don't know we've got just briefly I guess um, f- maybe four four more slots to fill uh, I can't remember exact, exactly if we four, say four, five, maybe, still got two two defensive right I think three yep. forwards maybe okay um, 
So yeah, I mean you're looking for probably two, as you say, two defensemen, but one, one maybe slightly more offensive, um, and then another, the other one to be a, a stay-at-home guy. Um, yeah. Unless he's going down a different route. Aye, well that's true. We don't really know what his what his thoughts are there, but um, no. So ideally, you're looking for players like Arson and McKeever. Yeah, basically, yeah. In a in an ideal world. Yep. Agree with that. And then obviously, I think forwards. I think you've still got. I think we've got all our centers now, don't we? Yeah, we've got. Um, just looking at elite prospects here, you've got, including players who can play centre, you've got Tansky, Peacock, Howlett, Helis, Haywood and Pitt. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think we're sorted in terms of centres. Um, you got Unless to we're running six lines. Yeah, of course, yeah. you got to think, without going into loads of detail here, but you got to think that Pitt and Becker, your top line too. Um, so you got a, a winger to go with them. Could that be Bierum? Don't know, maybe not. But then, who centres your second line? Helis, maybe. Uh, Peacock. Peacock. Don't know. So there's yeah, I think certainly th- three forwards, maybe at least to be signed there. Uh, and the low, as I said, be wingers. Yeah, probably. I think we're missing again in an ideal world, probably a Lee Sauters type. Um, yeah, a big body. Big body, Jacob Doty, but a better skater. Yeah. Uh, type to come in. So, but again, we don't know what what Pete Russell's angles going for if he's if he's wanting. Just a uh, dynamic forwards, or if he's looking for that kind of that kind of mix, someone that can hold the puck up and uh, wait for the others to arrive, sort of thing. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, so we don't really know, obviously. So we'll find out in the next few weeks or so. Yeah, it's good to it's good to have the sort of certainly for now the feel good factor and actually see a team close to completion well before the season starts. There's yeah, obviously been a, a conscious movement towards that because last year was a bit all over the place. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't remember us ever having this many players at this stage in the off-season. Yeah. So it can only be, can only be good. Yeah. And as long, we've obviously, you can see he's trying to bring in proven quality in the league as well, so... We were thinking before the likes of Helis and Becca came in that are we missing that sort of real quality? But maybe yeah. uh, one, potentially two more top end guys, um, and it's looking looking quite good. So excited for the the preseason games for sure. Yeah, definitely. Are you going to try and get to all the games or? Uh, as many as I can if I'm there for them. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm thinking probably at least three. I think. Yeah. Because I, I obviously it's more about 
well, it's it's about how the how the team's going to shape up and also the chance to see some really sad decent European opposition as well. So yeah, yeah, it's like that's just as good a reason as any, I think, because the, yeah. the Champions League games were great just because you saw that that level of team come in. So mm-hmm. um, and. Just finally then on the clan stuff, unless I'd missed anything out, I think we briefly touched on the fact that having Pitt and Becca in meant that from two years ago there was just one piece of that jigsaw missing from the, the BHP line. Um, and I'll throw out the question to you. Uh, do you think we're going to see Hammond or is that too much to ask? Uh, I mean, obviously it would be it would be absolutely unreal if we managed to pull that off. I think given the the past two seasons that Hammond's had, um, if I'm honest, I don't see it happening. Um, I, I just don't think we've got the, the budget there. But then having said that, I don't know, because we've managed to get back in. So, uh, I don't know, it's a difficult one. At the moment, I would probably lean towards no, but yeah, uh, that's just me being honest about it. Obviously, if I'm thinking about it, it's a no-brainer to have Hammond back, but um, I think it just goes without saying. What about yourself? Yeah, obviously, but no, no fan in the right mind would say they don't want to see <laughs> Hammond back. Um, <laughs> there was there was a bit of press a, a wee while ago from Finnerty at Manchester just saying how he had offers on the table for Becca and Hammond um, they hadn't announced anything so who right. knows um, I saw it he'd, he'd also had a, a bit of a dig somebody had said something about uh, Manchester players or whatever um, and they said is that are you sure you mean Manchester you don't mean Brayhead's players and He'd, I can't remember the wording, but it's some go that basically meant that he was at least he was the guy who's actually trying to find players rather than just steal them off other teams. So, all right, I don't, I did see that I don't think it's gone down. Yeah, it was a long, long-winded way to get to the point, but <laughs> I don't think it's gone down too well with him. Um, mm. But as long as he do the job for us, yeah. Uh, no, exactly. I think I, I, I wonder if it's something to do with the fact that Finnerty can't seem to get past that quarter final playoff thing. Uh, you know, it is definitely a, a point for consideration, isn't it? That why why have they not been able to retain? Because if you're a record? player, yeah, I mean, if you if you're a if you're a top quality player like like Becca and Hammond are, and like like that's your second season there, yeah. Um, obviously, went out early at the at the playoff stages. Do you really like? Do you want to stay? And then, obviously, given the fact that he, he was previously thought to have done that, um, at, at Brayhead, obviously. So it's I don't know if the players maybe think about that when they're taking their contracts into consideration. Yeah, it's not as if Clan are competing more for trophies than Manchester were, certainly not last year anyway. Uh, no. And then even you look at the change in the conference system now, there's, you know, it'll be tough games 
all season. So yeah. uh, it'll be a, certainly a true representation of where the teams finish um, yeah. at the end of the year. So I don't know that there's there's definitely something there. Um, whether Pitt was signed, you know, really early on, and we've thrown an unbelievable offer at him, and Becca's just loves playing with him, or whatever. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. No, it's difficult to say. Um, the final bit of clan non-player we think news is, and it's not really been publicised that much. I just noticed that they've they're. Uh, Certainly Twitter, I'm not sure about the Facebook page, but they've got this uh, Facebook Live event tomorrow at 11, um, with no more details than that, uh, and kind of people are speculating what it's going to be, um, is, it a new na- is it a name change, is it a new logo and all this stuff, but it must be something half decent, I'd have thought. Uh, the way they're sort of treating it as this kind of big thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it is, it's probably going to be a name change, isn't it? It's probably going to be uh, something along those lines. I can't see it being... Hammond. A, I can't see it being a player, unless it's somebody like Matt Keith or, uh, or like Drew Miller or something like that. Yeah, nah, it's... That's not happening. So, um, could it be that they're they're bringing the old DJ back? Yeah, no. Doing a, <laughs> he's playing a live set on Facebook. <laughs> and it. Could, yeah. So, it might even be something like that, or uh, maybe it'll be a, a, a another Clangus. Maybe. Are we going with two mascots? Two mascots. Uh, I don't know. That's interesting, of course. Uh, if they do change the n- name, well, well, actually, say it's Glasgow Clan, for example, it'll still be Clangus, I suppose, so that makes yeah. it a sort of moot point. But uh, if they got rid of that, then they'd have to get rid of Clangus. Yeah, that's true, actually. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that previously. Um, again, I don't, I mean, Glasgow Clan, it just doesn't. Just doesn't sound right either. Really, no. I think we could do better with with the name overall, but yeah, but it's probably just going to be Glasgow Clan, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. I mean, I think if you put in some thought, you could probably cut something. Personally, I don't really mind. I think it's one of those things that will still be thought of as the same, as yeah. the same, and kind of talked about the same. Uh, if it's to try and attract players or make it more obvious, then fine. Uh, the logo, I don't really have many thoughts on. It's okay. Uh, as yeah. long as they don't come out with some... Like, remember, the, the Leeds, Leeds United changed their badge. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, God. Something that yeah. causes uproar to the point where they've got to just retract it. Um, yeah. Um... As long as it's not that. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be that bad. But I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're going to change the clan part of it, I mean, what would you? What would you change it to? You're like the the Glasgow Ghosties or something. Yeah, I don't know. 
I can't really? think of. Ghosty. Yeah, I'd have to think of some alliterative thing that's not shite. Yeah. Like Glasgow Ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's one for next time we'll come up with a f- top five new names. <laughs> even though we already know what the new one is. If that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite unprepared, but yeah. Oh well. we'll see. We'll see. So find out what that is tomorrow, uh, at eleven. And then we'll we'll tell you in two weeks' time or Yeah, we'll tell you what it was. <laughs> Usual <laughs> classic. So they spoilers. I think the next best thing to do is pick out our sort of highlights of news that's happened um, with other teams and players in the league then yeah definitely um, I mean, there's, there's far too many to go through yeah overall so yeah just yeah. pick two or three each maybe yeah sure um, I, the one that wasn't really a tra- well it kind of was a transfer but it made the big news was Liam Kirk I think we should probably start on that getting drafted Oh yeah, uh, which was brilliant, really. Um, can't really remember where exactly it was overall, um, but Arizona picked him up, and he's gone out to uh, Peterborough Peets. Yeah, I mean that gets some experience. Bad names, then yeah, that's what, that that one's up there. But no, it's obviously uh, delighted for him to to be able to be given that opportunity and to be drafted um, by Arizona so it was I think it was it was either the 5th or the 7th round I think is it even a 7th round? yeah maybe we'll go with that right it was late it was late on anyway but I mean that's not really it's not really the, the point is it it's just no you, you knew it's not going to be first round you know <laughs> no first overall right. yeah <laughs> Uh, no, obviously it's um, it's incredible for uh, for anyone from the from the UK to be drafted. Um, so all the best to him. And hopefully, he does well in the the OHL. Yeah, I think he will. Uh, he's obviously very good, um, and they saw a lot in him. So uh, mm-hmm. all these things are good, getting good publicity for the league and things like that. So uh, good stuff. Pleased about that. Um, and maybe it opens the door in the future to uh, a few more. Um, sticking with the Steelers, I'll just the the three I had noted down for them really was the sort of weird news that happened with Ben O'Connor, where the the GM of the I think it was the GM the KHL team came in and basically said, get rid of get rid of him so he's ended up in Sweden um, I think it would have been great to see how he did in the KHL but he's obviously a really talented player so he'll fit in there I think yeah definitely it's not as if like Al Svenskan was a you know obviously it's the second tier in Sweden but I mean it's it's such a competitive league as well so um, no again I think that's another it's another great move um, for him to take so uh, obviously it's not worked out from the KHL but um, I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll fit in uh, in Sweden yep um, and there's another 
blow, I guess, for Sheffield when the, it was announced that um, Matthew Wa would be retiring, not coming back. Um, even though they'd they'd planned for that, I think just due to injury, um, I think essentially his body was just knackered, and uh, he wasn't going to be able to compete to his usual level. Uh, but what a player he was for them uh, and in the league. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, definitely. I think from when I when I started to get right into um, the elite league, he was definitely a, a standout player for me. Uh, he just well, especially his first his first season at Sheffield, obviously getting seventy nine points, uh, which is again, it's just it's incredible to to be able to do that and then obviously he's uh, taken a different role from from that um, the previous three years obviously not getting as many points but still racking up uh, decent numbers um, so he'll be yeah he'll definitely I think he'll be a big miss to, to Sheffield for, for next season obviously their, their team's going to be completely new anyway but um, no that's that's a big loss for them yeah, I mean, he was their sort of go-to guy. I always remember him scoring big goals, especially. One of my big memories of him was that 9-8 game or whatever it was at Brayhead. I think, I'm pretty sure he got the equaliser or something like that. Yeah. One of the one of the late-on goals, and I remember him sort of skating into the corner with the Sheffield fans, and I thought, what a dick, but what a kind yeah. of decent guy at the same time. He always seemed like, Quite a nice guy, but a nightmare to play against. So, yeah, definitely. Nobody will miss him apart from Sheffield. Yep, agreed. Uh, and finally, there, uh, Ryan Martinelli made the switch from Belfast to Sheffield. <laughs> uh, and there was there was a bit of niggle going on between the two of them. Where was it? The Belfast Telegraph or something were announcing signings before before they'd even been announced by Sheffield or something like that but yeah, uh, yeah I think so he was a quite a, a good player for Belfast um, big guy and uh, I think quite a good pick up for them yeah definitely um, again don't really know I think Belfast have been uh, kind of changing their roster a wee bit as well Uh I think they were obviously they were good last season, but I, I felt like they could have probably been a, a bit better defensively. Um, along with us, obviously, but um, in terms of them being higher up the the league, I felt like they were they conceded quite a lot of goals. I seem to remember um, yeah. over the season, so they're obviously just kind of wanting to shake that up a wee bit. But um, no, I, I mean, anytime I've seen him play, he's been. He's got a really tough, uh, tough opponent to, to play against. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm speaking as if I'm actually playing against them there, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no. But I mean, you get what I mean. Obviously, seeing him play, he's a uh, big, physical, so imposing demon. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you got any others to pick out then? Uh, over to you, I guess. Right. Uh, well, the first one after that that would take note of is uh, obviously 
Jerosa retiring. Yeah. Uh, from Manchester. So obviously he's uh, 32 now, Jerosa. So um, again, so maybe it's just the, a case of um, wearied legs. Um, he's had a couple of couple of hard seasons uh, in this league I think um, albeit I think before that he was kind of seen as a, a sort of tough guy kind of enforcer style especially in the AHL and he's he's an early playing career but um, obviously it's taken his toll on him a wee bit now I think uh, but I mean I don't know he, he did miss quite a lot of games through suspension um, he did lose lose the rag a few times. I think yeah. it's fair to say. Um, I think he'll be missed from a sort of enforcer point of view. Um, but I feel like his his point production could have been a lot better for the for the player that he was. Yeah, I th- I think he was. He obviously played with a physical edge, and the referees just didn't really take anything from him I don't think I mean maybe one or two instances he he was potentially wrongly suspended I'm not sure but they they definitely gave him quite a hard time and he probably never really settled in terms of being able to play that game of uh, he was obviously quite a good skater I remember Finnerty sort of pushing that when we signed him that he was you know, he was a player as well, um, but you never quite got to see that, I think, because uh, the other stuff, so... <laughs> Aye, the, the ugly side of his game. Yeah. Especially that one that I remember from last season, where he was just uh, skating round, was it Fife at the moment? Yeah, it was Fife, yeah. He was just skating round all the players, just <laughs> sat slashing at them. And yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, it was just. I mean, you don't you'd like to see that from anybody, but um, no, I think it'd be I think it'd be missed from that sort of enforcer uh, standpoint. Yep. Um. So, moving on, looking up this list here. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one I've got probably I would say would be Travis Fullerton moving to to Guildford from Dundee. Yeah. Um. Obviously played with played with the clan a couple of seasons ago now. Um so I think so he came in when Chris Holt got injured. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so he played uh, thirteen games for us. Um decent save percentage over those games, I have to say. But don't know, I just never really or the fans never really took to him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, when he was here. And then obviously Season after that, I moved to Edinburgh. That's a tough gig for for any goaltender, really. Yeah. Um, obviously, they finished bottom of the the table, probably what most campaigns, but uh, definitely did that season. And then last season, he moved to Dundee. So I was kind of expecting him to move to Fife this year to yeah. complete the complete the the Scottish. Um, Quad, quadrant. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, it, it was always. I think there's no doubt he's he's a good goalie and he's always. I remember I'm always been good in penalty shootouts as well. Uh, Dundee won yeah. a lot of those, I think, on the back of him. But um, he's that sort of guy who faces a lot of shots. Um, and yeah, it's just, there's something that just didn't really connect with the fancy. I don't know, maybe it was because Chris Holt was such a big personality and stuff, but um, yeah. he's, certainly, he's certainly been liked in Dundee and they probably would have, would have wanted them back. So, yeah, Guildford have got a guy who knows the league and I think for a keeper that's quite crucial um, to know particular shooters and rinks and things like that. I think that's almost more important for a keeper than it is for a, a sort of skater. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he is a good... He has a good goaltender. I just thought it was a bit of a strange, um, a bit of a strange signing from Guildford. Uh, I don't know if I was expecting them to. I mean, I'm talking as if Fulham's not a good goalie, but um, I thought they would have signed possibly somebody with a bit more, um, what's that, a bigger calibre, a goaltender maybe, but maybe. Um, but I mean. We'll see, obviously, how he gets on there. Um, I think he has a good goalie, so it, it depends on um, the rest of the recruitment as well. and Obviously, that will factor into how well he does. Yeah, they, they've spent a lot of money, pro- well, I'm guessing, on getting their top guys back and tied down to two-year deals. I think most of their top players are back, so mm-hmm. they definitely wouldn't have had uh, wage cuts. So Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... I think he'll be sort of thorn in the side again for a good few teams when we can come up against them. So, um, a steady signing, but as you say, yeah, maybe not, uh, maybe not, kind of as exciting as they would have thought. But you don't really know the situation there. Yeah, no, no, that's it. Um, moving on. Just a couple of quick ones to finish off, I think. Yep. Um, so, obviously, um, we've got Evan Mosey. Uh, moved from Northam to... Pff, I don't even know where they play. Denmark. Herning Blue Fox. Right. We I'm, relying, I'm relying on you there. Talk about name changes. I mean, they could probably do one. But... No, I think um, obviously he's got this um, played with the, the GB team uh, over the spring. Um, played with Nottingham last season. Played with them a couple of seasons um, before that as well. Um, and played, kind of went over to the AHL. I think he played with uh, in the AHL for a bit in between. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, a, obviously a really talented player and. Um, Looking to sort of apply his trade elsewhere um, after a, after a season back in Nottingham. Yep, yeah, good good player, really fast. That's what I remember him for, really fast. And I think they kind of plucked him out of obscurity initially, maybe from Holland, something like that. They signed him. 
Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. One of those guys that fans were thinking, who's this? And then quickly became a favourite, so he'll be missed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the other one was uh, Tim Wallace moved from Sheffield to Milton. Uh-huh. The new campaign. Um, again, former NHLer, former SHLer as well, I think. Played by Orebro uh, in Sweden. Yeah. And a, a number of NHL teams as well. So he's obviously he's got a, a great CV, although you would you would maybe argue that he kind of fell into obscurity at times uh, last season at Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, I think it was sort of a, a role guy that you know none of the fans really took to that much. Uh, you know, maybe wasn't on the must bring back list. Obviously, they've not really brought anybody back other than Matheson, I think, moment, but. Uh, yeah, just to be one of those guys didn't really settle, but did what he was brought in to do. Um, you know, did a job, and not really much more to to say. Uh, uh, I think, but Milton are picking up a few players. I'm not sure how many they've got from internally in the league, but uh, that's the kind of guy who could maybe. Prove, prove some people wrong. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be possibly looking to do that, and I think that's maybe why they've signed him. Um, as a sort of prove it contract for this year, perhaps. So, um, I probably expect him to be one of their top, one of their top players for this season. I would say. Yeah. Um, just quickly to finish off, then, and just a wee, a wee, a wee shout out to. Uh, Nikolai Burmisfin. Is this the guy Coventry have signed? It is, yeah. I just picked the one that was um, most difficult to pronounce. Nice. Because he was Norwegian. It's very... I don't know, it's not often you see... Yeah, that's true. Norwegian players signing, so... That's quite an interesting one. Um, has played with the Norwegian national team. Uh, at the World Cup and uh, so other international games played in the Al Svenskan for a while as well um, seems pretty seems pretty decent actually for for a D-man seems to to rack up a few a few assists um, particularly in the in the in those big leagues so yeah uh, definitely an interesting one one to watch for yeah he'll be one there top defenseman I think that was intention um, honourable mentions then I was just going to do uh, in terms of CVs Nottingham signed a guy called Kevin Henderson who's played about 10,000 trillion games in the AHL some in the NHL 6 feet 3 sort of power forward so big CV see how he gets on uh, Carlo Finucci back at Fife which is a popular one with them Um Yep. Good player. Um, Morissette and Bentavolio back at Cardiff. Again, two kind of proven guys, and Morissette has been the captain there for a wee while, so no brainer to bring them back, I think. Um, and then a guy who always annoyed me, Shane Backer, back at Manchester. 
Yeah. Uh, he's a, a big body, as we say. Um, a sort of niggly guy, I remember. Uh, yeah, definitely. So see see if he's... Maybe he'll step up to the play even more now Rose Hill's away. Potentially, uh, so, yeah. But we'll see. Speaking of, speaking of Shane, so obviously Shane Stockton. Uh, retires from, from Fife as well. Obviously he was part of that part of that core group of players that they had last season that were really good going forward. Always scored good goals at Brayhead. Yeah. I remember one or two in particular. Uh, he had a really good shot, so yeah, they'll miss him. Had some few injuries, but um all change not all change there, but um certainly more more than potential in the past. Um, yep. Alright then, so I think we covered a lot of that stuff in good detail. Yeah, that was that was actually quite a lot. Yeah. Um expecting to get through that much. So we'll uh, rattle off our thoughts on the, the group stages of the World Cup then. Yeah. Uh, obviously they're finished now, we uh, spoke a wee bit um in the previous episode about it, but we know the, the full situation now. Um, what were your, your overall thoughts, I think? Uh, we didn't predict that well, um, but maybe only one or two really, what you could say, big shocks uh, in the groups. Probably the biggest being Germany, not making it through but uh, overall I think the big guys sort of escaped but maybe not as easily as they thought they would Yeah I think that's a, a fair assessment of the, the group stages overall um, obviously my, my boys in, in Saudi Arabia didn't manage to, they managed to get through in the end but um, got that win over Egypt so that was that was, ple- that was pleasing Yeah big up Yeah um, that's about it. I mean, Egypt, you can't really say too much about them. They were pretty dis- uh, disappointing overall. Uh, and obviously, Salah was... I mean, he was, he was injured, but he, he, he did play that that game against Russia. Um, and, in fact, did they play against Saudi Arabia as well? Yeah, he scored, I think. Oh, he did. So he did, yeah. Um, aye, but I mean... You can't just rely on one player, and I think that's just what's ended up happening uh, for Egypt, unfortunately. But uh, Russia, definitely this uh, surprise package so far yep. that Group A, anyway. Yeah, and as we know, I guess we might as well uh, comment on that. They, uh, they've they came up against Spain and, and beat them on penalties in the round of 16, so uh, they're flying. Um, wasn't really a great game, I don't think. Either team there was was really that good, but uh, in the end, uh, getting through on penalties, so uh, you can't rule anything out really with them. And Uruguay putting out uh, Cristiano. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of, well a bit of a surprise, I guess. But I mean, you only need to look at Uruguay and uh, the squad they've got to realise that. They're a quality team, um, kind of all over the pitch, and I feel like that's maybe where some other countries are, are lacking a wee bit. Um, probably Port- Portugal would be, would be one of those teams, I would say. Um, 
we don't have that sort of strength and depth over over the whole pitch. Yeah, it was a, a sort of slow start from Uruguay, and I think maybe that's what disappointed some people. But uh, they didn't didn't concede a goal there until Pepe's header in the game against Portugal. So yeah, definitely solid. Um, and uh, with Cavani and Suarez, nobody really wants to come up against them. Uh, hard to break down, and then that quality up there. Can take yeah. take the chances. You look at Cavani's goal. Um, that was kind of quite instinctive. Then, uh, obviously losing Spain, they just weren't really weren't really at it. I think overall, I th- should yeah. have probably beaten Portugal. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo had a one of his days then, um, but it was a lot of possession, but not much. Uh, cutting edge with Spain and in the end they uh, succumbed to Russia yeah I, don't, I mean again it wasn't it wasn't a great game um, from a viewing standpoint but if you're looking at it from a Russia perspective then it's um, you know they've, they've done really well to um, to start to help break down Spain when they were when they're attacking Um I felt like they were really organised and and so every every player played their part kind of thing. Um, so I think they they kind of deserve to be to be where they are. I would say. Yep. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, they were absolutely solid. I guess groups C and D produced so far probably the tie of the last sixteen. Um, France and Argentina. Uh, but France, France themselves in their group, were, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say lucky, um, but they sort of squeaked past Peru and Australia by the odd goal, and then played out a, a shocker of a game against Denmark, <laughs> uh, where both teams knew a, a point would get them through. Um, and again, you look at Denmark; they they got through with. Uh, that win against Peru and drawing against Australia and, and France, so not really too much excitement there. Uh, probably disappointment from Australia's point of view. Maybe they thought they could do a wee bit more with some of the players they had. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think they were Australia were unlucky against against France. Obviously, they were. Um, France had got that that penalty through. VAR, which probably shouldn't have been given, but um, that's probably, I would say, the only decision that sticks out to me is the one that they've got wrong so far, uh, using the VAR. Yeah. Um, I think overall it's been it's been decent, but yeah, I think France just never really um, hit their heights uh, in the group stages, but we saw it in the. In the game against Argentina, they they started to come out more and um, play a lot better, and definitely thought that. But um, especially Kylian Mbappe, I thought he was absolutely incredible. Yeah, he's uh, got a bit of pace, that boy. <laughs> nice, quick. Twenty quick players. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that was a really open game against Argentina. Um, which is what you like to see. I mean, normally a lot of these games are quite cagey. 
uh-huh. uh, because there's potentially more at stake than, than in the groups. But um, now, nah, I mean, Argentina defensively have been all over the shop. I think we highlighted the goalkeeper and stuff as a an issue, but they genuinely get through by the, the skin of their teeth. Uh, the four points just with that that win against Nigeria the last last group game yeah and I was disappointed not for um, to see Iceland kick on obviously after their after their initial draw with Argentina but so I mean obviously it's, it's the World Cup so it's it's um, difficult for for small nations like that um, but I thought I thought Iceland equipped themselves well throughout the tournament yeah um, but in terms of the yeah, in terms of that, that France-Argentina game as well obviously there was the incredible goal from um, Pavard oh yeah it was like a natural the natural goal but a different level yeah taking up a notch um, no so that was a that was a belter of a goal um, and obviously Tried to see the game out, I think, and um, Argentina just kept pushing, but eventually they got a late consolation goal. But that's all it turned out to be. Um, at least, at least a bit of excitement for the the last sixteen. It's it's good to see. Yeah, you want to see seven goals a match, whatever that will do nicely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and the other one. Was uh, what well, was the tale of the the penalties? I guess uh, Croatia against Denmark. Um, in the end, Croatia just getting through. But I think it's fair to say they had a, a chance to kill it off uh, before the end of extra time. And big Casper, the friendly ghost, was uh, brilliant for all the penalties that he faced. Well, not all of them, he didn't save them all, but he, he certainly did as much as he could from a, a keeper point of view. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I was kind of getting a bit, a bit annoyed with him. Uh, I think he'd, for, obviously for Modric, penalty and extra time, I think he'd kind of come off his line a wee bit to save it. Um, and then started mourning during the shootout about I don't even know what he was moaning about, to be honest, but um, obviously just tactics to, to put the opposition off. But uh, no, I, th- I thought I thought both goalkeepers were pretty good uh, overall in the shootout. I felt like, although the, obviously the start of the game, you had two goals in the first four minutes, so yeah. you were kind of thinking, right, this is going to be a this is going to be a corker this game, but. Uh, didn't really live up to the, the opening five minutes or so. Yeah, that, that reminds me, I was going to say, over the, the two couple of the last 16 games, there have been some real comedy goals. That uh, The the own goal in the Russia-Spain game was <laughs> a belter, where um, I think it's fair to say that they, they would have maybe given a, a penalty had, had that not gone in anyway. Um, yeah, possibly. the guy sort of pulling Ramos down. Incidentally, there was potentially a slightly suspicious VAR call at the end of the extra time in, in that game where it looked as though Spain maybe would have had a, 
a penalty but wasn't given uh, but I think as you said he probably didn't really deserve to go through anyway um, but you never know what the, the referees have been told about pro-Russian decisions on VAR <laughs> exactly that's it and Putin wasn't well didn't see him at the game so don't know if he was in the if he was in the v, the VAR booth with a, with a gun to the back of the heads of all the referees yeah it was just his face on the, the VAR screen outside the pitch <laughs> yeah. um, the the goal that's creation equaliser against Denmark was funny as well where the, the attempted clearance went off the <laughs> the face of the teammate Batshuayi like yeah and that and that as well that's... <laughs> yeah. and then Cavani's header as well was off his face yeah obviously some sort of facial theme going on face goals yeah um, new what? record for goals. goals with a face yeah so uh, I wonder what what sort of proportion of goals that have been scored at this World Cup are either own goals, penalties, or in off the face. Oh, those. 99%. Yeah, I would say so. Something well. high anyway. Definitely a big theme of, of uh, goals from set pieces and penalties. So, um, what, Penalties is always kind of exciting, but I think I prefer games to, to be finished in uh, normal time, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I know. But you, you always, you're always going to see that, and it's uh, it's pretty good when it comes about. So, not complaining. No, definitely not. Um, Group E was uh, Brazil and Mister Roll <laughs> Neymar. Who's uh, just been unbelievable. Um, although th- that those rolls after the the tackle of created some hilarious memes that I've seen uh, <laughs> but yeah they um, without really setting the world on fire uh, topped that group ahead of Switzerland um, I think I'd said maybe Serbia were going to gonna get through there but uh, yeah. Switzerland have uh, done really well there to, to get through that and give themselves a a realistic chance with a, a game against Sweden to get through to the, the quarter final. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I'd said Serbia as well to get through uh, along with Brazil, but obviously it came down to that that game between Serbia and Switzerland. So uh, obviously Switzerland winning that one two one, but I think overall I don't know. I haven't really been impressed with. Um, with Brazil, I don't think that. I don't know if it's just the if it's just the Neymar angle. Yeah. Just can't. I, I just can't really get behind Brazil. Well, he's playing with them. I know. I think it's probably getting to the point where Brazil aren't getting behind Brazil when he's playing for them. I know. Um. Just, I mean, even the game earlier on. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I did hear there was a. Oh my god. Another one. Unbelievable. It just, uh, it just absolutely disgusts me. The the best one I saw actually was uh, somebody had uh, 
photoshopped Neymar rolling about, but they'd done it on top of the Mbappe run against Argentina, so the ball was just replaced by Neymar rolling about. Uh, I need to see if I can find it to show you, but it was uh, it was really good. Um, yeah, so uh, you mentioned that that game today, a two 0 win for Brazil against runners up in Group F, Mexico. Um, didn't see that one, so uh, it's over to you for how that one went. Uh, didn't really see much of it either. Um, I watched on like double speed, so I like, recorded it and then right. was trying to catch up, so I just played it on double speed. Um, so from from what I from what I'd, I'd seen, I thought Brazil uh, were the better team, but I think that's. Uh, seven tournaments in a row now that Mexico have gone out uh, the last 16 Is uh, Ryan Finnerty the manager? <laughs> no but it could be a potential career move for him um, I, mean, no, I, just, I mean it is difficult to get behind Brazil but they did probably deserve to, to go through in yeah. the end Yeah maybe just getting on to a bit of a game when the the business end but we'll see a lot of people's favourites I think um, so we'll see see how they progress but um, yeah but it was Sweden's Group F Sweden's group that produced that big shock with uh, Germany going out and uh, they fully fully deserved to go out I think um, beaten by a good Mexico performance in the first game and then uh, didn't really show up against South Korea either uh, no. And uh, yeah, so Sweden and Mexico went through from that group, and Korea kind of celebrated like they'd won the tournament against Germany, and rightfully so, because that's a huge result for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, just makes you wonder why they never really put in the <laughs> put in the same performance against uh, Sweden and Mexico, but because um, obviously by that point they're already out. Uh, going into that last game, but obviously the chance to the chance to beat Germany on on the World Cup stages uh, a great achievement for them. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was a bit strange, and obviously there's this thing that if you win the tournament, then the next one you go the next World Cup you go out of the group stages. But uh, I just thought that Germany would have had more more class than. Than what they what they showed. Yeah, especially um, after they kind of that goal against Sweden gave them a chance. Certainly, uh, if anything, going into the last game, but uh, Tony Cruz goal. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, and another comedy goal really. The second one for Korea. Neuer getting dispossessed and Korean yeah. half and uh, punted forward and he he puts it in but yeah I mean the two two teams that went through they are fully deserving it and Sweden getting a, a game like I'd said against Switzerland and both those teams will fancy fancy getting through that yeah I think so um, they're both kind of similar teams are quite they're quite physical and uh, like to play quick, so 
will be that'll be a good game to watch um, tomorrow. Last two groups, um, which has produced the game that that's currently on between uh, Group G winners Belgium and Group H runners up Japan. Um, I think we'd we probably most people predicted the the shape of Group G at the end with Belgium winning all three games. Uh, first two fairly comfortably, the one against England there were quite a few changes, but. Uh, belter of a goal from Yanezai to win that one um, and England albeit they uh, probably just about got away with it against Tunisia they hammered Panama so uh, fully expected them to get through and they did um, a tricky one against Colombia though coming up yeah definitely um, I feel like again Obviously, it happens every time, but England cannot run away ahead of themselves and seem to think that they're better than what they actually are. But uh, obviously, it was like obviously it was a good performance against Panama, but it is Panama, so it's you can't really read too much into that. I don't think um, they squeeze past Tunisia, obviously two one, but a fairly late goal. Uh, and then obviously made a lot of changes for the Belgium game, but so did Belgium. So yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't know. I, I think Colombia haven't really hit hit form yet either. Obviously, um, losing to Japan on the the opening game. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if is there doubts about James Rodriguez playing as well. Yeah. I, I don't know if it, I think they seem to think that he will play, but right. Um, I think it'll be a game time sort of decision. Yeah, yeah, he's a big player for them anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I don't know that it's it is quite an intriguing game because I don't think Colombia are as good as they have been in previous tournaments, but um, England are probably better equipped. Uh, this time out so I don't know it'll be a good game tomorrow anyway yep Um, and then you had uh, probably a a fairly disappointing you could say showing from Poland uh, Group H finished Mm -hmm. bottom Um, Japan again exceeding the expectations getting through that Uh, I think I probably thought Poland if I remember Poland would would finish runners up there, um, but in the end it was uh, Senegal and Japan vying for that second place, and I think, you know, you saw Japan at the end of the Japan game they were relying on Senegal not scoring, and it was a bit of a mess in the end. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was so anything to get through mentality ended up being. I know it was absolutely shocking though. I was I was praying for a, a late Senegal goal to, to knock them out, but uh, they probably would have done enough um, over the piece in the group. So no, I mean fair play to them. I mean you're in that position, so it's difficult to to say what you would do. Um, obviously they weren't expected to get out of the group, so to be able to do that, then it's a big achievement for them. So um, can't really deny them that. I don't think. Yeah. 
No, if that was Scotland, that'd be buzzing, obviously. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> okay. definitely, definitely. Um, that was the group that was uh, at one stage looking as though it could go down to uh, fair play, I think, um, based on the results as they stood at one point. Um, I think it said in the end. Did it? Oh, yes, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, Senegal would get two, maybe two. Yeah, right enough. Or the cards or something like that. Yeah. Which is not, never a great way to go out, but uh, <laughs> I suppose it's slightly better than getting drawn out of a hat or however it is they do it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, out of those ties, I know Belgium and Japan's going on at the moment. Uh, goalless, I think, is it? Yeah, goal was at half time. Although um, Courtois nearly made a an absolute howler just right. uh, a couple of minutes before half time. It was, <laughs> I think the the ball came into the box on the ground, and I think the um, Japanese player just tried to put his put his foot on the ball to, to kind of kill it and then hit it, and the ball just kind of trickled under his foot. But I mean, it was easy enough for Courtois just to pick up, but it slipped between his hands and went between his legs so he had to dive back to make sure it didn't go in right avoid it yeah bit of a strange first half for Belgium I think so far anyway right Um, I think I reckon they'll probably get through it but it just shows you um, I had them I believe to win quite comfortably Uh, Uh but that's another one for my predictions Uh, (laughs) yeah Say that for the predictions podcast. Yeah. And um, England, Colombia, I reckon that, I know we've kind of covered it, but England just maybe having a bit too much for Colombia this time. Um, But you never know. Yeah, no, that's true. You never know. Um, It'll definitely be an interesting game anyway. Yeah. So I think um, we can cover the... The next couple of rounds. By the time we do the next recording, however the situation is. Yep. Um, but that's us uh, got through the groups and potentially is a, a good place to to leave it, unless you've got anything else you want to bring up. Although there was a, a kind of funny any other business thing I did see if we're <laughs> if we're on that section. Um, I well, why not? I don't have anything, so I'm totally relying on you here. Yeah, well, it was just just one daft thing. It was that um, Akon had decided that he's going to create a, a futuristic city in Senegal. Um, right. And it would be run purely on a a new cryptocurrency called Acoin. <laughs> um, I just I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. Uh, Really somebody can think, ah, I'll just, just get a wee, a wee futuristic city in there, make up a currency. Um, just shows you anything is possible. Exactly. Senegal as well. That would have been brilliant if they'd have got through. Uh, oh, yeah. Last 16 and and a coin. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it sounds absolutely unreal. I feel like I, I need to read up on this and we'll maybe discuss it again next time. Yeah. Stood out to me as a good one. Um, maybe in, at some point I can come up with my own currency and 
<laughs> create a city and see, see if anybody wants to come and live there, but maybe not. Who knows? What would your, what would your currency be? Um, what would you call it? That's quite hard, actually. Uh, I feel like you'd maybe want to edit the bit where I'm just thinking about <laughs> what the currency is going to be. Um, we can have a think about it. Yeah, I'll have to have a think about it. Because I can't just say Sam Dollars. No, I can like say that's, Dunning Dollars. Cause that's yeah, you could say that, yeah. Alliteration, but... Yeah. No, we'll come up with Maybe that's what the Facebook Live event from the clan is. Maybe they've got a new currency that you can use at the arena. Or they want to make... They want to turn Brayhead into a city. And actually it's Akon that's running it. Can you imagine? New general manager of the clan is Akon. <laughs> at least That's you know there'd be some quite good tunes going on. <laughs> Sack the DJ. Yeah. Alright. Um, well, I think for me that's uh, that's all, folks. But if you've got anything else you want to share with the wider audience, then please feel free. Otherwise, uh, we can sign off. I think we'll just sign off. I think we'll... Obviously, there's been a lot happening in the past few weeks. Um, that's why we've not really been doing as many podcasts. But uh, now, once once obviously the World Cup's finished, then we can start delving into the utter nonsense again, probably. Yep, for sure. like the sound of that. Sounds good. All right, well, uh, thanks for turning yeah. up, folks. Oh, you're a bastard. <laughs> Again before me. Yes, I thought I, I thought um there would be a goal or something. But um No. No, I was next, just, I next just, I time was I was waiting to see it. Next time you can see it. No, okay. I will know to wait. Um <laughs> see you next time. See you later.